Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Good morning. How are you today? I hope you're doing well. I hope that God is moving in your heart. I must admit this week I have been uh, challenged. I was quite challenged. And let me tell you, I know that you might not be listening to this in Bali because I know people watching this not only all over Indonesia, but even in different parts of the world. But I will say, if you are in Bali, and you should be thankful at the way we are uh, kind of uh, working through this season, because I just went to a city, I won't even say which city it was, and boy, they're in lockdown, baby. I felt like I was in a whole new world. So make sure you thank God for the situation you're in. Yes, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's what the Lord says. So we need to rejoice in everything. Matter of fact, before we even begin, I hadn't planned to do this, but before we begin, just stop for a second and go through your mind of all the things that you can be thankful for. Just take a moment. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I could just keep going on and on. My mind gets going, and I can just say thank you. There's just so many different things that we can be thankful for. Uh, what are you looking at? Remember last week, we actually talked about how different people look at things different ways. We looked at how the older people look at certain things, and younger people look at certain things. And so how are you looking at it? Because how you look at it will definitely determine uh, kind of your response, you know, how you're looking at things. And I met someone this week, really challenged me. I'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but he was so excited about this time, what God is doing. And because he's gotten a hold of God and God is showing him things. And so he's thankful. And that's, that's what we need to be doing. And so we're in this series about how to rebuild among the ruins and we looked at it at the beginning. We looked at it. We have to start with the altar, the essentials. We have to get rid of all the excess stuff. Just look at the essentials and how God, our relationship with God, that's the number one thing. We need to start with that. And last week we looked at how when we start with things, uh, some of the older generation looks at it one way, younger generation looks at it another way. This week I want to talk about when we start a new thing or when we start to rebuild again, I guarantee you there will be opposition. And so how do we deal with opposition? Remember when Jesus came into the world? When he came into the world, they had a whole system of religious stuff going on. And Jesus brought in a new kind of theology, obviously a theology that set us free, a thinking that God was going to save us, that he loved us, all these thoughts. And when he did, he was called the devil, he was called a lawbreaker, all these different things he was, he was accused of because he was starting a new thing. He received a lot of opposition. He tells us in John 15, for some reason I think it's 17, but it, don't quote me, 17 or 15, uh, chap, uh, verse 20, it says, do you remember what I told you? A slave is no greater than his master. Since they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. And, and when you're starting new things, trust me, there will be a lot of people who are pulling you back, trying to pull you back into, say, the old way. 
And that's what I was talking about this week with, with a friend of mine, and he really challenged me. He believes, and, and, I, and I'm starting to think the same, uh, I, I've been praying about it since I talked to him, that God is, put, is doing new wineskins now. Like he's got new wineskins or a new wine, and we need to have new wineskins to receive what he's doing. And so it's time that we become new wineskins so we can receive what God is doing. Trust me, the world, a lot of people are saying the world is upside down. It's very different now. So now we need to receive a new thing from God. We need new wineskins. And the old wineskins, what does it say? It says when the new wine is poured into old wineskins, they will just break. As a matter of fact, they won't even just break. They will actually, because they're dried up and they're stuck in the old ways, they will resist the new thing that's coming. And that's what I believe sometimes we need to have new wineskin because we cannot resist the new thing. And so when, when you're trying to start a new thing, there will be a lot of people who are opposing you, who tell you all the problems that you're going to have trying to do this. Uh, your parents will sometimes, you know, get upset at you and, and they'll fight you and oppose you. This is nothing different than when we, we're looking at the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. This is what happened in the book of Ezra in chapter 4. Let me read just a couple of verses. Verse 1 says this, The enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were uh, rebuilding the temple to the Lord, the God of Israel. And so they got upset. In verse 4 it says, Then the local residents, local, those around them, local tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. That's what will happen. People will try to discourage you from doing something new and they'll keep you from the work. And they will, they bribed agents to work against them. They will even do something actively to oppose things and to frustrate your plans. Years later, when, when, they, they, uh, when uh, this guy, Xerxes, uh, began to reign, the enemies of uh, Judah wrote a letter and accused the people of Judah and Jerusalem. So they were doing everything they can to oppose this new rebuild, this rebuild of what, what they were trying to do to start this new thing that God, I believe, wants us to begin to start. He wants us to begin to start new things. But when you do, you will face opposition. There will always be people uh, trying to stop what you're doing. And today, very simple message, I want to share five encouraging things that you need to remember when you start something new, okay? And the first thing is that someone needs to start it. You see, you see, if you remember in the book of Ezra, even in the book of Nehemiah, it always started with one guy or one person, Zerubbabel or Ezra, and then Nehemiah. It always starts with one. It always has to start with one person. In the book of uh, Samuel, chapter 14, the Israelites were, were uh, just wiped out, or basically they were, they were, um, they, they were, they were servants, of the Philistine army. It said that the Philistines had taken all their weapons away and, uh, and they, they did all this stuff to them. And basically it says that King Saul and his army, just a few of them, were all just like sitting around and didn't know what to do until Jonathan 
says to his armor bearer, he says, hey, let's go up and face the enemy. It always starts with one person willing to take a step. I always laugh at this situation. I find this one of the funniest, um, well, kind of a funny situation that's going on in the book of Exodus. Here's the book of Exodus. The Israelites were just, uh, they just uh, marched out of Egypt and they were, they were leaving Egypt after all the plagues and they left and all of a sudden the, uh, the Egyptians were chasing them. And they were stuck. And here they were. They were the, the Red Sea was behind them. And in front of them uh, was, the, uh, was the Egyptian army. And they were surrounded. And they were crying out to God. Now, maybe you're crying out to God now. Maybe you've been crying out to God. And I love what God says to Moses. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? So basically Moses is like, help me, help me. And, and the Lord is like, stop, stop whining. Now, if you're a parent and you have a young child, I can guarantee you, you understand this. The kid wants something. And you're like, stop whining. Stop crying. What does he say to do? He says, tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff, raise, raise your hand over the sea, divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea. What are the three things he tells Moses to do? One, he says, get up and tell people to get up. Get up! It's time that we get up. It's time that we stop sitting around and whining and let's Get on the move. Maybe that's on the move in prayer. Maybe that's praying for your neighbors. And he says, tell the people. He says, tell them to get up. So now you need to tell someone. Go tell someone about Jesus. Tell, God, tell them about the miracle working God. And then he says what? Use what you have. That's what he says. Pick up your staff. Use what you have. Pick it up. Get, use what you have. Stop whining about what you don't have. Stop worrying about what you've lost. Stop worrying about what you don't have and start looking at what you have. We just did that exercise earlier when we began to pray and start thanking God for things. It's time that we start looking around and looking at what we have. I mean, you know, I don't even have it. I have my phone over there. I'm going to go get it. Right? I got a phone. You got a phone. Don't tell me you don't have a phone. Every Indonesian has a phone. I'm amazed that actually you Indonesians had smartphones before Americans. Most Americans did. You got a phone, right? And I'll bet you inside your phone, you got a contact number of someone who needs some help. Call them up. Start praying for them. Look for someone that maybe you don't, haven't seen in a while and start telling them. Get, to, you know, get on the phone and start talking to them. You don't feel comfortable getting together with them in person? You know, Zoom them, Skype them, WhatsApp them, do something. You've got all kinds of resources. Pick up what's in your hand and begin to use it for God. And then finally, he says what? He says, part the Red Sea. He says to Moses, part the Red Sea. He's telling us, do the impossible. Do the impossible. It's time that we start doing the impossible. I'm a little excited. Okay, I'll calm down. I'm a little bit excited, but I'm telling you, it's time. It starts with someone. It starts with you. It starts with me. You have an idea? Start using it. You know, I know someone that, you know, right now his business is really hurting. So 
I, he's inventing some toys. He's working on building toys for, for kids. And he's saying, I don't know, I'll try selling these. Do something. You must do something to get going. It always starts with someone. And it not only starts with someone, it starts with someone who has a burden to change things. You see, the person who's whining wants change. The person who's standing up and moving is trying to make change happen. There's a difference. It's time that we stand up and start moving and trying to make changes. I'll tell you, I've struggled too. Don't get me wrong. I've struggled too. Every, my basic strategy for the way I was doing things, the way I was advancing the gospel, it's been, it's been, it's been uprooted. It's been turned upside down. And for a while, I didn't know what to do, but I'm starting to get a hold of it, and I'm starting to get up, and I'm starting to move. I'm starting to find things to do because we can't just sit still. There's a, there's a law. It's the law of inertia. That which is at rest tends to stay at rest. That which is in motion tends to stay in motion. Get in motion. It's time. We start moving out. You know, <clears throat> it's funny. Here's... here's Paul in Athens, right? He's in Athens. He's walking around. He's trying to figure out how to share the gospel. And he wants to share the gospel. And so he looks around and he finally sees, he goes, oh, as I was walking around and look, I saw many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I am telling you about. So Paul was walking around looking around, looking for a way to advance things, to change things. And he found a statue to the unknown God. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I know uh, another faith that actually says that they actually worship one God and he cannot be known. It's time that we make him known, yeah? It's time that we make him known because we know our God. We know who he is. It's time to get up and move, take what's in your hand, and let it fly. That's the first one. The second thing, so it starts with someone. And then often, when you start something, it starts small and often looks unstable and, and, not, and it's not even seen by others. It starts out small. It starts out unstable. You can't totally describe it sometimes, but you just have this feeling. You have this, this vision in your head and you're just trying to work it out. When you start something, other people won't see it. They won't understand it, and it will be unstable. It's interesting because in, 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 in the book of uh, Nehemiah, that's exactly what happens. Now, Nehemiah, I'll, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because we're going to talk about that next week. Nehemiah gets a burden to build the walls of Jerusalem. Remember, they built, they built, the, uh, they built the altar, then they built the temple, and now Nehemiah is going to come along, and he's going to build the wall. And he gets a burden, and he, he starts building this wall. And who does he build it with? Anyone who's willing to help him. Anyone who's willing to help him, he starts building with him. And it says, uh, Tobiah, the Ammonite, says, who was standing beside Nehemiah, he remarked, that stone wall, the one that they were building, he said, would collapse even if a fox walked uh, along the top of it. It's... Because he was looking, he's going, that wall won't stand. Because 
It's something new. It looks different. It doesn't look like the old. It's something new. And he's, ah, it's unstable. When you start building something new, it will feel unstable. Ask anyone who has tried to start something new. It looks unstable. It looks like it won't work. Now, just so you know, those walls stood for a long, long time. Because it always starts a bit unstable. There was a guy, his name was Fred Smith. That's his name. And Fred Smith, when he was in uh, uni uh, Yale University, he wrote uh, basically a dissertation. And in the dissertation, he wrote um, about this company he wanted to start. And uh, the professor gave him a C on that paper and said it would never happen. It's impossible. It won't be able to work. And so you get a C on his proposal. Well, that Fred Smith went out and he started a company. And the name of that company was FedEx. He got a C on the paper that he wrote on FedEx. FedEx is a multi-billion dollar company and many companies mimic him now because when it first looked, it looked like it wasn't going to work. Now, I'll tell you another story. It's not exactly fit this, this thing, but I just came in my mind. I want to tell you, I don't know if you know this, but Albert Einstein, when he wrote the, the, the E equals MC square formula, that was only maybe five pages long, something ridiculous like that. He turned it in to his professor, and his professor looked at it, took a quick look at it, said, it's not long enough. Albert Einstein wrote one more sentence on there, handed it back to him. E equals MC squared. It looked like nothing. It is the, one of the formulas for the whole universe. It looks small. It looks like nothing. But trust me, if God gives you an idea and you, it's time that you step out and begin to move in that idea, despise not the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. So it starts with someone. It starts out small and sometimes looks unstable. And then there will be opposition. There will be opposition. And when opposition comes, do this, okay? So when you start something and opposite, opposition comes, I'm going to give you like four little reminders that you can use to help you get through. First, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised with people who are naysayers, or as we say in the song, haters. They're just not going to like what you're doing, and they're not going to trust it. So don't be surprised when someone opposes what you're trying to do. Number two, Remember, what you are doing does make a difference to someone. What you're doing makes a difference to someone, maybe only one. I'm sure if you haven't heard this story, I'll tell, I'm going to tell you the story. If you haven't heard this, okay. If you have, yeah, you'll know what I'm going to say. But there was this, there's, there's this place and that every, uh, I don't know if it's every year or whatever season or whatever it is, but all these starfish, thousands and thousands of starfish get washed up on the beach. And the beach is just filled with starfish. And the story goes like this, that there's this guy walking down the beach and he's watching this kid. And this kid is taking a starfish and throwing it into the, into the ocean. He's throwing it in the ocean. One by one, he's just throwing it in the ocean. And the guy walks up to the young kid and he says, hey, buddy, you're never going to be able to get all these starfish off the beach. And he looks up, and the, the kid looks at one, he picks up one, he goes, yes, but I can help this one. And he throws it in. 
What you're doing makes a difference to someone. It might not be making a difference to a lot of people. Don't worry about that at the beginning. Don't try to solve all the world problems. The, all the world problems starts with one step. It starts with you. Cleaning up the world. If we talk about cleaning up the world, it starts with one step. Don't throw stuff on the ground. Don't abuse all the material that you have. Maybe don't use plastic. All of those things. It starts with one step. So what you do makes a difference to people. So don't be surprised. Remember what you do is going to make a difference when opposition comes. Don't stop your work to continually respond to critics. That's number three. Don't stop your work to continually respond to critics. That's what they want you to do. They want you to give them all the answers. You know, someone once said this to me, and I, I kind of agree with them. They said, I, uh, I heard this preacher say, I think it was a preacher, I don't know, I was talking to someone or heard a preacher, whatever, it's not mine, it's someone else's. And they said this. They said, I never listen to someone who's not doing it. If someone's raising people from the dead, all right, I'll stop listening to them. But if I'm trying to raise the dead and someone's arguing with me and telling me I can't do it and they've never done it, why should I listen to them? They haven't figured it out yet. Don't stop what you're doing to respond to all the criticism. Let your work speak for itself. Nehemiah, this happened to Nehemiah in chapter 6 of Nehemiah. It says, but I realized that they were plotting when they were plotting plotting uh, to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. So there was these people who were trying to hurt Nehemiah. He said, I'm engaged in a great work. I can't come down and talk with you. So why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Don't stop your work to try to answer everyone's questions. Okay, answer some. It's okay. But if they are not going to help you, they are not giving you wisdom, they are not moving you forward, they are not going to, they're just sitting and they're playing what we call in America armchair quarterback or, you know, hindsight is 50-50 is another expression. You know, these people who just sit and just tell you, oh, that's not going to work. Man, there's so many things I would have uh, not tried if people, if I listen to people say it's not going to work. Hey, they're not doing it. So don't stop your work to continually respond to people. Number four, love your neighbor uh, enemies and pray for them. Love your enemies and pray for them. Those that are opposing you, just keep praying for them. Keep loving them. Just smile at them. I, I, you, you, Indonesians taught me this. You just smile and nod. Smile and nod. Don't worry. Just keep loving them. Don't get all upset at them. Don't, don't be a hater like them. Just love the enemies and pray for them. And then finally, number four in this thing when opposition comes is keep your eyes and ears on the Lord and on wisdom. Eyes and ears on the Lord and on wisdom. What that means is Nehemiah got advice. Ezra got advice. He went to wise people, got wise advice. He listened to wisdom. He listened to the Lord. Yes, but those that are opposing you, that don't have anything constructive to help you, you know, if they're opposing you, you need to do these four things. Don't be surprised. Remember, you're, what you're doing makes a difference for people. 
Don't stop your work to just keep answering them, but you have to love them and pray for them and listen to the Lord and listen to those who are wise, who, go, who have maybe done it before. Maybe someone who has started something new before can help you understand how to start something new. And then, there's always, it starts with one person. There's going to be opposition. Sometimes it starts small and unstable. There will always be people, others around you to help you. There will always be people who can help you. I was telling someone this story this week. You know, I, when I was in, a, in America, there was this elderly woman. Uh, she was quite old, uh, really old, actually. And uh, she was not, she was active, but she couldn't be that active because obviously she was older. And she said, Pastor, I want to help you with something. I have an idea on how we can help the church. So I was like, okay, what do you want to do? She would put together, she got together everyone's birthday and she wrote birthday cards for everybody in the church every week. All she did was write cards. She was such a blessing to the community. And, there was, and I needed help. I needed to bless the community. She gave me help. There's always people around you who will come and help you. They will join you. Once you get moving in your vision, once you get started in a restart, there are those who will come around and begin to help you. And don't forget, there's always miracles around you. There is always miracles. There's always miracles. We need to calculate miracles into our work. How do you calculate miracles into your work? Well, I got some, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The good news is it's the same as the bad news. The only way to bring miracles into your work is to do things way outside your ability in steps of faith where God has to move. Yeah, that's the truth. So, you, you know, if you want miracles to happen, take steps of faith where miracles have to happen and they will happen. God will always bring miracles. We have seen miracles. Over the last couple of months, we have seen miracles. Once we realized and we started, stopped crying and started stepping out and walking, we've seen miracles. Watch what God will do. Know that people will come around and help you and there will always be miracles. And others will add and make what you do better. Others will add and make what you do better. I'm not talking about those who are opposing you. I'm talking about those who are helping you. They will always have good ideas and make, what your, make your idea even better. There are times that my, uh, some of my, my leaders, you know, they have seen things that I don't see. They're, they're, they're moving in the same direction as I am. We're trying to make something happen. We're trying to start something new. And they see things that I don't see. Others will help you if they're walking with you. So let other people in to what you're doing if they are for what you're doing. If they're opposed, well, then that's a, don't, don't listen to them. And then number five. I, I want to share these so you get these down. The five things. It always starts with someone. Why doesn't it start with you? You know, if we, as it says the, in, in, in Romans, it talks about having, you know, the feet. How will they know unless someone goes and tells them? It always starts with someone. And when you start, sometimes it looks small and unstable. I understand that. When you start, there will always be those who oppose you. 
Don't forget to remember the things I told you. Number four, there will always be people who will help you and join with you and improve what you're trying to do. Number five, we need to pray constantly, constantly pray. You know, when Nehemiah, and I'll talk about this probably next week, when Nehemiah uh, got the burden to rebuild the walls, uh, it says that he prayed day and night. And then before he started the work, it says he walked around and looked at the situation. I believe that as he walked around, looking around, he was praying, just like we were walking around and praying for the city. And I just talked to someone about about maybe, what, 25 minutes ago who said there's still prayer walking. And my wife and I, we've decided to continue to prayer walk. Keep walking around and looking, praying constantly. It says pray without ceasing, making all requests and petitions unto the Lord. We need breakthrough. We need breakthrough. And then when we're praying, we need to listen for God when he says, get up and start moving, doing the impossible. This is how we begin to rebuild in our new, uh, whatever you want to call it, the new abnormal, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. All I know is, you know what? I don't know what it's called, but I know I am called. I know you're called. It's time that we rise up and begin to start a new thing and watch what God will do. I want to pray for you right now. I'm really excited. Tonight we have communion. Please join us. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I love communion. We take our time. We, 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 we really just spend time just meditating on what God has done on the cross. We have had seen people get healed by this. And we want you to you join us tonight. Just check out Zoom. It's on Zoom. Uh, someone will tell you about all the details after this. I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads? Lord Jesus, I know, hallelujah, I know that there are people out there who have been crying out to you. I pray they would hear your spirit say, rise up and begin to walk. Father, I know that you have put ideas into our minds. Without even knowing it, we've had ideas of what to do, Lord God. And Lord God, you are showing us a way to do that, Lord God. That's telling me that my time is up, if you haven't heard that beep, and I'm right on time. So let's keep praying. Father, I know that there are those that you've given ideas to. Lord God, I know, Lord God, that you can give us courage and strength. And I pray for those who have ideas that they would begin to step out and they would begin to do things that they never thought they could do. They would start stepping out in the miraculous. Father, I pray you would help us to join together to advance the proclamation of the gospel. Father, I pray that you would help us to share the gospel with all those people around us. And Lord, we would see your work be done here in Bali and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I want you to go out and do something great. Go bless someone today.